Welcome to another episode of Men in Your Life Unapologetically Human. I am Dan. I'm Brady. And uh, we are here on a beautiful sunny Saturday. At least it's sunny and beautiful uh, here in Virginia. I don't know about where you are. Uh, it's supposed to hit like high 60s and it's cloudy, which actually we kind of need it anyway. I prefer the cold. Ah. Uh. I'm jealous. I would take that, especially after the week that we had down here. But uh, I would take I would take 60 degrees. I'd even take 50, 40, 30. Uh, my, fiance, my fiance last night I, while we were watching this, she's all, it's going to be so cold tomorrow. I looked up and said 68. I was like, oh. Who in the right, who in the right mind thinks that's cold? Um, mm. She's always <laughs> I think women are cold. So my wife and I this morning, we went to Silver Diner for breakfast. We were, you know, because last night Adam chewing in our ears, eating chicken tenders. And I'm like, oh, man, I haven't had Silver Diner in a while. Need a little break from Cracker Barrel. So uh, went to Silver Diner, got some chicken and waffles. And as she's sitting there, she's like shaking, freezing. And I'm like, it's 95 degrees outside. How are you cold? She's like, I'm just always cold. Yeah. Yeah, that pretty much covers it. Um my fiance is just, she's, yeah, she's always cold unless it's, you know, 80 degrees outside, which if it's, it, I, and the funny thing is it hits 90. I'm, yeah, I'm not even clothed. I, I, no, I have a pair of shorts on. That's it. That's why you're a Sasquatch. Well, you know, I'm not hairy. How many times that you have more <laughs> than I have on my body? All right. That's true. That is true. <laughs> But see, I wish I had more hair on my head. Like I used to have, I used to have good hair on my head. Like I had a mohawk at one point. I like I had good hair, and then sometime between the age of like twenty five and twenty six, it just went downhill after that. I, you know, I have a theory on that. Did you wear a lot of ball caps? Oh, most every day of my life. Yeah, I I feel like that has an effect on it. Now I haven't researched it. They somebody probably has, and there might be something to it. But I I'm telling you, like my my dad has has a bald spot in the middle of the back of his head, and he used yep. to wear bald time. And I you know, and more people I know that have gone bald, especially early in their lives, that I swear they just wore ball caps or or they wore hats all the time. I don't wear hats a lot. Really? You would strike me as a hat person. I mean, I grew, I mean, think about it. I was playing baseball like every day of my life. So had ball caps. I have a gnarly farmer's tan. I mean, like elbow down. I am like tan, like dark, like khaki, like dark brown khaki colored. And then from my elbow up, um, I'm like a fucking UFO sighting. Oh, yeah. You uh, you could probably flag in a plane. With, I can with stop. Tra- I can stop traffic. Uh, you pure albino. Traffic. What did you say? I said, well, you could stop traffic anywhere, big guy. Oh, well, we're done with this episode. We're going to end <laughs> on a good note before we fucking bring that shit down. No, it's, uh, <sighs> I, I'm the same way. I got a trucker's stand. You know, I'm, I'm in the truck all day. So, you know, I'm, I, from basically, because I wear short sleeves from basically mid bicep down, I've got, you know, uh, I, I almost look, you know, of a different nationality. And, um, they call that the left arm farmer. And, and, and I mean, my right arm isn't as tan, of course. And it's, just, you know, it's, I'm looking forward to Mexico because I can even it out. There you go. And that's, um, 
what three short weeks away? Weeks, yeah. Um, well, Two and, a half weeks. two and a half weeks. Yeah, it's two weeks from today that we're uh, we're getting married. So, mm-hmm. I told you we're gonna we we gotta celebrate like you like you won the championship or something. Absolutely. Are you gonna bring a replica of the cup or something? I mean, ooh, I don't know. Do you <laughs> think I could fit that? Do you think I could fit that as a check on or a carry on? Oh. Like, no, no, this is mine. Listen, let me <laughs> tell you why I need this. Okay. <laughs> I can eat out of the top. I can drink. This is a this is a multi tool. It's not just a thing. It's a multi tool. It's a symbol. It's a symbol of greatness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, we we just I I hope we just ordered the last of what we need for the wedding. Um. So we're we're gonna have some party favors, and I we do need to I do need to get a uh, a bunch of those disposable cameras. I, I know. Um, we're planning on having a professional photographer who happens to be the lovely and vivacious wife of this bearded young man here. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, you could always get, I mean, there may be a hundred pictures from these disposable cameras, but you'll get, you'll get a solid 10 of them that are just awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. I, would, I was contemplating bringing a GoPro and I was like, do you think I should just wear this through the whole fucking day and then just like send him the footage and be like, here's the shit you didn't see. That would be awesome. It would, but I, you don't need to wear a GoPro at the wedding. That's... Well, I'm going to be that guy, the weirdo. Well, you're going to be the weirdo anyway. Other uh, than, probably. Probably. <laughs> my, my mom who listens to this podcast a uh, shout out to my mom. Thank you for the support. Um, yeah, shout out, mom. She is looking forward to meeting you. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! I will be on my best behavior. Uh yeah yeah maybe maybe a few less f bombs than than you drop. I can I can turn it off when I'm in public. When I'm not around anybody, I just don't care anymore. There's no filter. <laughs> There's, there's no filter at that point. And especially now, because this is actually the first episode we're doing where we're consuming alcohol. Well, yeah, yeah no, I have no, together. I have, yeah, together um, on the podcast, we consume alcohol. I've, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've done it a few times, but together on the podcast, this would be the first time that we're consuming yeah. alcohol. And there's good reason for that, because you and I have both had um as you would say a week we'll just say this was like a week put into i don't know three months three months worth of weeks think about like the mon the the most monday of all mondays that last for like seven days yeah pretty much yeah yeah i mm. mean it, it was like what's today wednesday now monday fuck um and then it, you know i i know for you it kind of came to a head what wednesday Thursday? More like Monday morning, but yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday. By Thursday, I was just kind of like, I was just like, well, fuck it. There ain't nothing I can do about this shit. Mine mine was kind of the perfect storm. It came to a head on Friday. It, uh, you know, it, it was just... It was one thing after another all week. It was just, and, and a lot of a lot of mine was just the... the, the Stupidity. That you know, leading up to the beginning of the week, it was the level of of how busy we just the, just 
the absolute shit show that um, ensued. And then as we drug on, it was, um, and I do mean drug, but as the week drug on, it, um, it it steadily got, I wouldn't say necessarily worse, but it compounded. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, it, and then so Friday came along and I was I was over it, especially after, I mean, so for me, you know, we have a bunch of a bunch of work to do. We're doing the contract of like four different companies. We're doing like four different contracts. And um, and when, you know, when you do that, you don't have any bigger crew than what you started with. It tends to it tends to wear down on you. And it just it got more and more and more. And then Friday, I had one of my coworkers who is the tech that um, goes out with me. He decided that he he was going to call in sick. Um, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't like to pass judgment on people. You know, maybe he was sick, but maybe know, it was it, also a Friday. Maybe it was also a, <laughs> it was also just a fucking Friday, and you everybody wants to call out on a fucking Friday. Oh yeah, it wasn't just a Friday though; it was a payday Friday. So, um, mm. yeah. So he called out, um, and we have. Um, backup was one of our routes to help in the office because he you know the the way he talked he was all about you know the the logistic um data entry and stuff like that and being able to handle all that well he's supposed to schedule this one aspect of our of our job and um i i was doing that aspect that scheduling aspect for a few weeks and I gave him, you know, I told him what I was doing. I was like, you know, get it done, get it done by, uh, by Wednesday. So the person that actually inputs it into our system has it. And if there's any changes that need to be made, you know, get it done, get it done in a timely fashion. Well, he couldn't go with me on the route, uh, Friday because he hadn't gotten the schedule done for next week yet. So, um, so I ran around, uh, and did the job of, you know, three people that we normally do with two people by myself, mm. um, which it is what it is. I'm, I'm trying to prove my worth at this company to, you know, once a, once a position above me opens, I can slide into it and, you know, move forward with the company. Uh, so it, I really, I really had no problem, you know, really volunteering to, to just go out by myself because, um, I didn't want anything to fall behind and it was hell. It was, it was, I mean, I had, I had large, uh, orders that needed picked up and, and, you know, just, do, just going out and doing two, just mainly two, our two main jobs by myself was, was daunting because not only on Friday did I have a big, huge pickup and all this stuff, but I also had the, the bigger buildings that I, I service, um, that day so if, i mean they're they're just bigger buildings and there's more to them and and i have to service those buildings and doing doing servicing those buildings um and doing the job of two people just it wore on me and i was exhausted i was by the time i got home i passed out i went i went to sleep and um i never thought i did i did experience something for the first time though um i would like to say that you know how you, you fall asleep on your arm and it falls asleep and you know or you know <laughs> Or the king neck or your ass and you just slept wrong. Um, wait, wait, wait. How do you wake up with a kink in your ass when you sleep wrong? Oh, really? You've never? Oh, no. Don't. Yeah. What, do you sleep upside down? 
No, no. If you sleep in a bad position or you've got a spring or something, keep in mind my, my bed is also over 30 years old. You're um, also like eight feet tall, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, 300 pounds. So, um, but uh, I did experience something for the first time. Um, much like that, I woke up and I slept. Um, I, I slept wrong on my eye. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I slept on my eye. Uh, I, I, uh, I, it's, it's hard to explain, but I woke up and I couldn't see out of my left eye. Uh, everything was blurry or double. Oh, so you, you had the, you had like the sleep goops in your eye. Oh no, there it wasn't goopy though. That's the whole thing. Like it was like I, that I, film cover. Oh no. no, I mean, saying I slept wrong on my eye. It was bloodshot. It was like I was looking around and I couldn't see anything with my left eye, but my right eye was fine. And even it faded over over like the course of a couple of hours, and I was fine. But yeah, yeah, no, that that did was. Did you think? Did you think for a moment and you're like, oh my god, I fucking blew my retina out of place? I actually, I was getting concerned. Like you could hear it in my voice because yeah, my my fiance was like, are you? I mean, is everything okay? And I was like, I can't see out of my eye. Uh, and she, I don't think so. And I'm looking it up, and everything says pink eye. And I'm like, I've had pink eye before in my life, so, and I know it's not pink eye. Um, I mean, you, so, you do have two young kids, so I guess that would be a reasonable assumption of pink eye. It would, but usually you have a discharge and, and you'll crust, it'll crust over. And yeah, it's not, I mean, pink eye sucks. I had it out on the, when I, I worked in the Gulf of Mexico, I had it out on the rig because we shared, we had 12 hour shifts and we shared bunks. Gross. Dirty motherfuckers. Gross. So, so how, um, but you know, other than that, my week was hell. How was yours? <laughs> well, um, let's touch on it real quick. As you all could probably notice, we're not doing part three today. We are actually just doing a decompression episode because of the week that we had, where it got to the point where I think I had a drink every day this week. One, because I needed it. Two, it also helped me go to sleep because on Monday, when I arrived to work, somebody back in 1975 decided to put an oil plant next to a fucking city creek and not just next to a city creek, like 10 yards from a city fucking creek where three different cities fucking drain into the same goddamn creek. So when you get heavy rain, this motherfucker floods. So I came in on Monday after we had a weekend of heavy rain and I look through the parking lot and we share a lot with a, with a, with a uh, paving company and I'm looking around and I'm like, Damn, I was like, it must have rained like some shit down here. There's mud all over the place. And as I walk closer to the depot, I fucking see it. There is about 12 inches of sand and mud covering the walkways. The water line is two inches to the bottom of the door of a lifted trailer that we have that we work out of. We work out of essentially, <clears throat> I call it the equivalent of a meth lab because that's what it fucking looks like. But it's not. It's just a double wide trailer essentially. But, um. The water line was two inches from the door, and we have like, uh, I don't know what you want to, maybe like 
three and a half foot retaining walls around the depot as like a, a, a secondary containment in case something spills. It doesn't like get out into the public or whatever. It doesn't get out into the creek, right? Well, the water had gone up over that retaining wall filled with sand and mud. And I was like, you've got to be fucking shitting me. So we spent um, the last seven days for the last 13, 12 and a half hours or so shoveling and pumping water into a tank and shoveling mud and dirt and basically cleaning up the facility to the point where after I did the math, we had filled a trailer up twice with water. The trailer maxes out at like 8,000 gallons. So we put roughly about 62, we put about 6,200 gallons on the trailer for DOT rules. Can't fucking max a trailer out. So we put about 6,200 gallons of water that we pumped out of the containment zone into a tank onto a trailer so we we did what roughly like 13 13 and a half thousand gallons of storm water that had come up over the creek into our containment zone and that was monday through thursday okay so we're still cleaning up friday and then it happens again <laughs> the fucking rains come and the creek comes within about i shit you not i want to say about five feet from coming up over the wall a second time and breaching into the containment zone that we had packed all of our shit changed and had all of our stuff at the door in case the containment broke but we can't leave unless it breaks because you somebody's got to be there to obviously manage the tanks and shit right so it's like one of those like Oh, it's trickling over. Time to fucking get the fuck out of here. So what I mean, like we were close. There is a opening that had from the flood. There's an opening behind our facility that where the creek had washed her way and eroded the wall that basically like funneled down into the creek. So there's a nice fucking hole sitting there. Right. And you can just look straight down into it. Like, you can see like the, like the, the creek floor, all that shit. Right. That water had come up into the hole and it's starting to seep out of the hole. And that's like how close we were from getting flooded two times in one week. And ideally we're on like a four and a half year span. Like every four and a half years we get flooded at the facility where well, the last flood was two years ago. And then we had the one on Monday. We almost got it again on Friday. We had like tornado warning, all kinds of fucking bullshit, dude. I came home every day and ate dinner. I took a shower, ate dinner, had a drink. I fell asleep on the couch with a drink in my hand and woke myself up, looked at the cup and went, oh, fucking chugged it and then went to sleep. <laughs> so you had, so, yeah, I mean, as we say, you had a week. How do we, when I say my buck, my, my buck, my back was completely fucked my back was completely fucked i mean we needed we needed to have a crane service like a crane team come in to lift up tanks tanks oil tanks that had picked up from the water and flipped over our shipping container that we keep all of our tools on had moved like 15 yards onto the containment wall and broke our stairs like, that's how much water we got. It was fucking wild, dude. This is the second time I've had to deal with this, being working here. But that's what you get when somebody decides to put an oil plant next to a fucking city creek. Well, let me say that was genius move. Genius engineering. Genius uh, engineering. Um, so I, I'm sure the, the, the whoever was, you know, back, back in the day, whoever was doing well was looking at this guy like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are you doing, dude? 
Now I would um, like to have a talk with that guy. Who whose bright idea was to lease out this property next to a fucking creek? So they've had like a total of like ten floods, like way before I started. But this is like a total of like number. This is like number ten. Well, you know they don't. They only. They don't have to deal with it. You do. Exactly. I have to deal with it, and we don't hire outside people to, to clean up this shit because they don't want to pay the money to do it. So they just have us do it. And then they yell at us when we want to rent a bobcat to help clean the shit up. And they're like, well, you know, that's expensive. No damn fucking right. It's expensive. I ain't fucking breaking my back for you. God damn. Oh, they don't pay you enough. Uh (laughs) No, 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 no. No, they do not. What Um, did you say? They don't pay you enough to break your back, man. No. I mean, one thing that, you know, you have to look forward to is on days like this that, or on, on weeks like this, days like that, you know, you, you, uh, something that I look forward to every day is even when I have a rough day walking through that door and seeing that little girl running toward me with yeah. those arms, daddy's home and yep. come running, everything melts away, man. Everything yep. does. And then and you're I, so excited and you pick her up and you go, did you, did you poop? Did, did your mother, did your mother wait for me to come home to change your diaper? For the record, I know there. I'm. I'm sure there are mothers out there that do that. No, that just happens. I just want to clarify that before you get excited. <laughs> so excited that she just poops. <laughs> no, no, just you know, it, it, she had just she happened to poop like two minutes before you walked through the door. <laughs> That's okay. It happened. So don't don't fight with your wife. You'll lose. See, uh, I would but, be I would be that dad that would be like, oh, I'm so excited. Oh, oh, did you poop? Because dad, dad's got poop too. So I'm going to put you down. I'm going to handle my business. Then I'm going to handle your business. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure. I have no doubt in my mind your wife will be on top of that. Well, yeah. well actually, that, that, since you, you, know, you bring that up, and I was going to say something, was the one thing that gets you through days like that is coming home to somebody that you love, like your best friend, as in you know, my wife, your wife, anybody, boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, whatever the fuck, kids, all that shit. You know, you I come mean, home to that. Even if you're young and you still live with your parents, honestly, I mean, if you yeah, got a good parents. relationship, it, I mean, it, it's a good thing mm-hmm. coming home to see somebody that you actually enjoy spending time with. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that does tie into the to the original topic, you know, the voids, filling the voids and how we deal with the voids. I mean, you know, I will say uh, I will say on that topic and we will we will have another episode, a part three episode to to fully address it. But I would like to say that, you know, that's that has kind of um, gone through the voids for me that has kind of, you know, that has filled these not even just filled them, just made them go away. You know, the voids don't seem as big now that I have a family. The voids yeah. don't seem now that, you know, now that I'm about to get married, now that you know, actually get married to somebody that, that I truly love that, you know, I, I've said this to you before, you know, we probably, my, my ex-wife and I, we probably never should have gotten married. I mean, mm-hmm. in all, it, looking back, you know, it probably shouldn't have happened, but, you know, I'm about to marry my best friend and we have a beautiful daughter and, and a beautiful son and, and, you know, those voids just, they're not there anymore. Whether you say they've been filled or you've gotten through them or, you know, whatever they, or they just don't matter anymore you know it's you know what i'm saying you know what i mean yeah 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 i mean it's like it's like i said earlier what i I said something like uh i we handle the burden so in the future they don't have to 
Like I'd rather take the extra bullshit on now. So somewhere down the road in, you know, three, four, five, six years, a month and a week, they don't have to worry about that. So you put that shit on me so they don't get that shit. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, as rough of a week we've had, you know, it's it's very important to have perspective. You know, it was a rough week. Both of us had a rough week at work. It was, you know, we neither one of us really wanted to deal with what happened at work. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but me, I, I'll be the first to admit there were a couple of days this week that I was exhausted and I was frustrated. And, mm. you know, I didn't take out on anybody, but I can honestly tell you that, yeah, I, I was probably a little more withdrawn than I usually am when I got home. And, and you know, it was, it, it's hard to identify, you know, in the moment, but you know, I can tell you, yeah, you know, I was probably a little more withdrawn. I was probably a little bit more, you know, standoffish um, a couple of times this week. And, but that's the key. Like, you could be that way. I could be that way. And our better halves, and let's be honest, they are our better halves. Um, yep. our, our better halves, they understand that. They know that. They see that. And all they want to do is help. Yeah. And, I mean, you've had... <clears throat> I mean, you the, the number of times I've seen you say, you know, it's one of those weeks. You've had those a lot lately. And I'd, I've always I've been thinking because you you started out so energetic about working where you're at. Has anything changed? No, no, actually, I, I still abs- am absolutely passionate about where I work. I still have every intention of retiring with this company. Um, the only thing that's changed is, you know, I wish. I wish we had a little more help and yeah. you know, we're working at where, you know, the, the whole thing is, is the company we're contracted to help to, to do these things for, um, they want, I mean, it's just like any other, any other company, you know, they want data in order to justify giving us more money from people. Well, so we're, we're getting a little more granular with the data that we, that, that we, that we track of. So it's, you know, it's not just, it's not just the work is getting, you know, harder. It's also just, it's spreading out more. It's almost, you know, like a, it's almost like a puddle and just a slow trickle of rain. You know, the puddle just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. And, and that's the, that puddle is the data that we're keeping now is, you know, yeah, we're keeping more data and it's a little more daunting, but in the end, I mean, the whole, I, I firmly believe that, you know, in some instances like mine, uh, in my instance, it is all about looking forward, looking ahead, because there is a future and there is, you know, that that light at the end of the tunnel for the company I work for, because I do believe that I'm going to move up and I'm going to move up. I, I have every intention of moving up as, as high as I possibly can with an associate's degree. Um, but I, I can I can honestly say, yeah, you know, I'm still passionate. I still I'm still energetic about the job. Um, and I do the things that need to be done there and I do do them for a reason, but I still love it. I do. Um, I know, um, I, I, I've heard a lot of things from you, um, and about your job and I know how frustrating it is, but I know you, I mean, the, the key with you is, you know, just like me, you like the people you work with. Yeah. And so for the most part, well, for the most part. You, you, I mean, there's no such thing as as having an entire crew that you, you know, you just you get along great with and you love. There's always right. going to be some or some right. situation, some or, yeah. or some. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 
<clears throat> I mean, yeah, like like my boss, like I like my boss. Like we we get along. You know, what I mean, we, like, we butt heads, but I mean, like who doesn't? You know, we we don't butt heads as like coworkers. We butt heads like like we're family type of situation. You know, and like I said, I've known him for eleven. 12 i've been there for five so uh 16 years i've known him for 16 years i think yeah because i've been yeah 16 years and you know he was he was in my wedding he was one of my groomsmen and i mean to be fair i wouldn't i wouldn't have had that job if it wasn't for him and he not only did he bring me in once he brought me in twice like he got me that job before this company got bought out and then when I got laid off and he had the ability to bring somebody back, I was his first call and brought me back. So, yeah, like him and I, him and I got a great relationship. And even the new guy that we hired, this new guy that we hired is, I mean, I, you, you heard, I would talk a lot of, <laughs> I would talk a lot of shit about the, the last coworker that we had. But I mean, like, you know, I, I wish him well. I hope he has success in what he does in life. But he just, it was not meant to be for him. And the guy that we hired is, this is like, this is his Jimmy Jam, man. Like, this dude is good. Like, he's smart. He's a hard worker. He is kind of like me and, and my boss where we need, we end up like, like, especially this week, we cussed each other out because we needed to take breaks and nobody was taking breaks. You know, be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go get some water in a minute. And then we're not going to get water. We're going to pick up a shovel. <laughs> you know, we're finishing work. And it got to the point where, like, I cussed my boss out because um, he wasn't going to eat lunch. And I cussed him out to let him know, like, you can't tell us to take breaks, drink water, and eat if you're not going to take breaks, drink water, and eat. You know, like, you need to take care of yourself just as much as we need to take care of ourselves. So, but this new guy that we got, I mean, the dude's awesome. I mean, he's a he's a hard worker. He's a funny dude. You know, I told you before, he kind of reminds me a lot like you. You know, he's from from out out your way. You know, he was in Arizona. He lived out in Washington. Um, I think at some point he went to Alaska, too. But, I mean, like, he's a good dude. Like, he works hard. And it makes it makes work a little bit easier when you have that like-minded you know mindset where you just come in you work you get your shit done you got you don't you know you you'll butt heads a little bit but you're not taking shit seriously and i said dude we we fucking sit we we dick around you know in the in the office trailer but it keeps shit light and i told you know i told him and i'm not gonna i won't, I won't say his name on air just because but um i know that he listens i know that because we had a long conversation the other day about this podcast and um he expressed, you know, some stuff to me and that's when I shared the podcast with him. But, uh, you know, we've, we've talked and where I'm like, you know, boss man, boss man gets stressed because he's doing, you know, like four jobs with the position that he's in and he gets stressed and he lets shit get to him. So I was like, we got to keep shit light. And that's what we do. We keep shit light. And, you know, you can see that he's like, he's starting to relax a little bit, you know? And I'm like, that's what we need. Cause we don't need this motherfucker to fucking croak out in the office you know, in the back because a, I ain't taking that motherfucking job, and b, I ain't calling nine one one to get his ass out of here. So we need to keep him as happy as possible because as long as he's happy, he's gonna keep buying us lunch, and that is the key right there: free motherfucking lunch. Free lunch. I mean, if I if I could, I would. I can't, so I don't. Um, <laughs> I uh, and and that's that is a big key. I mean, a lot of people a lot, a lot of people don't realize this, but you know, what keeps people at a job 
is yeah, they have to enjoy the work and they have to, and honestly, they have to be successful at it. I mean, nobody's going to stay at a job where you just keep failing. Um, and you know, with, with that being said, you know, I've heard it from a lot of people. My mom was one of them. My, me, I've had a couple of jobs when I was a chef in the past that, you know, I, uh, I, I really, I really got along well with, with people that I worked with and, uh, it, it 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 makes it more tolerable, but it also you know it doesn't feel as much like work when you have that kind of that kind of relationship with your coworkers. Oh yeah. Um, how big is your crew? What, what what? So we have there's just three of us at the depot, and my boss who is also the um sorry about that I'm fucking moving my mic around my ass got real fucking casual real quick laying on this couch um. We, my boss is the assistant regional manager of operations on the East Coast. So he works out of our facility as a facility manager, as an operator, as an assistant regional manager. So we have him who he's also overseeing all the other depots on the East Coast. And then my coworker who is operator, I guess, and then me, facility supervisor. And then we have two tanker drivers um that report directly to us at the depot and then there are uh one two three four uh seven collection trucks that go out and they report to the sales branch so i mean you you got a lot of there's a lot of moving parts and we're doing shit every day from loading tankers at five o'clock in the morning with oil or water or we're doing tank transfers where we're transferring like oil and fuel from one tank to another. You know, you got to have the hoses set up, right? I mean, there's just a lot of shit that goes on and it gets, I don't know. I wouldn't say it gets boring, but it's just so fucking repetitive. Like I, I mean this, <laughs> I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but the flood, I think the flood was probably good for us because it broke up the like, Monotony. The repetitiveness. Yeah, it broke up the monotony of everything that goes on there. And it was something different. And I also didn't have to see the drivers that come down for like two days. So that was also that was also great. <laughs> well, and and see, and that's kinda you know, it you, you were saying, you know, you you and your coworker and your boss, you guys cuss each other out. I mean, it's all in fun and it's all and it's also, you know, you guys are cussing each other out about, you know, taking care of yourselves and stuff like yes. that. And, Yes, yeah, not right. about work. It's just we're t- we're cussing each other out to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And and that's kind of my boss, my direct supervisor. Um, and you know, he and I, he's he's a firm believer in you know, if you need to vent, vent, go ahead, mm-hmm. whatever you want, say whatever. And, and I mean, I I've walked in and I've I've I mean, I I wouldn't say I've cussed him up one side and down the other, but I've come in hot. And, you know, and, and just voiced my, my opinion or my concerns and stuff like that in, in, shall we say, a a colorful litany of words. And, and, you know, it never, it, it really never brings the job down, you know, because that's one, definitely one thing I could say I've witnessed over the years is, um, you know, when you have somebody that repeatedly is negative at work it really starts to affect the morale and, and affect the the job performance oh, yeah. and oh, you know yeah. and so i mean i try not to be that person that and like i've said before you know i try to be a pretty positive person when it comes down to it um but 
you know, you also need to have that outlet. You have to have it. You you need to be able to bitch a little bit. You you need to be able to moan a little bit. And I mean, even just getting it out like you guys do, you know, I've and I've I've said the same thing to my boss. You know, we'll be out. We start our our morning at five, and you know, I won't roll back into the warehouse until you know eleven or twelve. I mean, that's six seven straight hours basically, um, driving, picking up, and and going. Um, I, we don't take breaks on the road, which we should, but um, that's, you know, a topic for another conversation. Yeah, but I mean, like, you're, you're driving, so you can easily, like, you can you can get a bite while you ride or, you know, you sure. flip-flop. Somebody else drives or something, you can get a bite. You can, like, we do the same thing. We don't actually, like, take a break. We just, we have a couple hours of downtime or, like, 30 minutes. You know, all right, well, fuck, it's 1030. I'm going to eat my lunch because I know drivers are going to be coming in here in the next 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. And, and so, and I've, I've gone off on my boss, about, you know, cause I'll roll in at 1130. Well, he's been in the office and he's been, you know, he's been elbow deep in, in paperwork and trying to make sure that we have everything we need to, to do our job that he doesn't take breaks either. I mean, he's a smoker, so he'll go outside and have a smoke here and there, but, um, but I'll walk in and he'll be like, Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta clock out for lunch. Like you do this. I mean, it's been six hours. What do I mean? You, Go, you okay. leave in 45 minutes. What do you mean? Just fucking go home. <laughs> and and he's like, oh, shit, I got to, you know, I got to clock out for lunch. And then he goes back. He's like me in that aspect, because when I get back to the office and get back to the warehouse, I sit down in front of my computer and get work done. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll go out for lunch and I'll have whatever I have for lunch there. But I have my computer open. I'm typing stuff up. I'm trying to, you know, I'm going through my 300 emails that I have to filter through right now. Um, I've, you know, I've got, you know, I've got things to do, so I'll clock out for lunch. I'll eat, but I'll be working through lunch and then I'll clock back in and continue working until we leave. I mean, that's kind of, you know, the nature of the beast at the moment. Um, I did get called, <laughs> uh, one of the, the guy that stays in the office, he, he looked at me, he's all, man, I owe you a beer. And I was like, yeah, you do. And <laughs> because he was able to stay in and he got the job done that he needed to get done. And I'm, I, and I'm happy about that. And I'm proud. And, and, and he and I had, a, we, we had a good serious conversation. I was like, you know, you, you can't let this happen again. You know, you, you, this needs to be done by the end of day, Wednesday, at the latest, um, yeah. at the, the first couple of days of the week of the following week need to be done by the end of end of day, Wednesday. It's, it's that simple. Um, it has to be done. Um, but you know, he, he, he looked at me again. He's all, man, you're, you're a great lead. And I'm like, I'm not a lead. That's not, I'm a driver. That's, that's not yet. yet. And I've told him, I was like, I was like, you know, I'm not a lead. He's all, you may not have the title, but you have the job. And you know that, and it's the, the little comments like that, that honestly make me feel like a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, I've always been, I've always been a component of, even if you don't know, much about the like the job that you are working in or that maybe you might be applying for a good manager is a good fucking manager so you can learn on the fly like you you can know the job but be a real shitty manager if if you can be a good manager and learn the job on the fly i think that's what makes what makes you um like important for the job field so like i might not know anything about you know how to like i'm not a good salesman like i mean you know i don't i don't talk to people that very well you know i don't i'm not a per i guess i can say i'm a personable person but i'm also a very 
I'm going to tell you what I think about you, and it's probably not the best sales tactic. What'd you say? You're not a bullshitter. You don't blow smoke up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm not going to go and, like, work at a, a used car lot and try to sell you a car. Like, I'm not going to – I can't do it because I'm going to end up telling you the truth and be like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. This car is fucking shit. You're, you're going to spend money on something you're going to hate. And that's not that's not good business, right? But as a manager, if you can run something and you can get your employees to buy in your philosophy of how to do something – that's more beneficial, I think, than anything. So, like, you can have somebody who knows the ins and outs of a business, but you can be a real shitty leader. And that's the one thing that I respect about my boss the most is that dude was not in his office while we were cleaning up. That motherfucker was ankle deep in mud and dirt and water and shoveling just like side by side with us. And I'm like, that's that's a that's a fucking leader right there, you know? Like, he gets into the shit with you. You know, you as a leader, because I mean, I've been. I've been both. I've been a really, I've been a good leader. I've been a really good leader in, in, in you know, in, in the past. And, and I, and I feel like I am now just judging from the comments that I get from my coworkers, but um, I've also been, and I have no shame in saying this. I've also been a shitty manager. Um, mm-hmm. And something that I learned early on in my career as a chef, when I first got into a management role, I was terrible. I was, I mean, it was, I was a terrible manager. I have no problem admitting it. Um, but when I first got into some management roles, that was something that was really nailed into me, especially after I failed and I did fail as a manager. Um, especially after, you know, realizing that I had failed, you never ask your employees or, or the people that are quote unquote, I've never liked this phrase, but quote unquote under you, um, you never do something that you would never do, not do. Yep. And that is, and and I'm not saying that they have to witness you doing it. They have to know that you are willing to do it, um, because I mean you're going to spend all your time proving yourself to your employees if you if they feel like they have to witness you doing it. They have to know right. you well enough to know that you're willing to get in the shit with them. Right. Right. And you know, my my new coworker now, you know, he like. My boss and I, how do I, him and I were, were different a little bit mentality wise where he doesn't necessarily have the patience, but he's also, he's married. He's got two kids that are like seven and 10, something like that. So like, yeah, you perish patience wears off when you, when you want something done the right way, you're just going to kind of have to like do it yourself. Right. So his patience level is a little bit lower and he's always told me that like, he's like, dude, I don't know how you, he's like, I don't know how you coach because I don't have the patience to deal with these little snot nosed kids not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I told him, I was like, dude, I didn't, I didn't have patience before until I started coaching. And when I started coaching, I developed patience very quickly because you have to talk to these kids and treat them a certain way. And they're not all the same. So you can't treat little Timmy the same way that you treat little Billy. Like you have to like connect with them differently because they're all going to learn different. So when he's training this new guy, I told him, I was like, hey, he's telling me that you're moving too quick. So you need to slow down. And he was like, all right, all right. So he slowed down. Guy starts picking up a little bit better. And then he goes, how about you just. How about you just train him for the rest of the week because you have a different perspective and you have a little more patience. And I was like, I can do that. So, you know, the guy comes to me and he goes, he's like, you know, 
he's like, don't take this the wrong way, but he's like, you talk to people like you're a coach. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've been a coach for like 13 years. And he goes, yeah, I, I can, I can pick that up. He's like, you don't really get frustrated that often. I'm like, dude, like you're one, you're new. People make mistakes. Shit fucking happens. And if you can't understand that, you're not going to, you're not going to be like a good manager or a good leader just in general, you know, like you're just, you're as well as you'd like to in life in general. Yeah. If you don't like, and that's going to help me with kids. Like, I know that my child, fuck, my child, who has a DNA of my wife and I, is going to be a pain in the motherfucking ass. And I am going to learn what patience really is because that child will be climbing on racks at Walmart the minute I turn around. Like, I can already see it now. I will look away for 0.5 seconds and they will be at the top trying to get the ball that's sitting on the top shelf at Walmart. And I'm going to be like, hey, how the fuck did you get up there? Two, get the fuck down and do not jump. And that kid is going to fucking jump like he's fucking Rey Mysterio or she's Rey Mysterio laying an elbow off a top turnbuckle. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. I understand it. I mean, and, and really, that's, you know, kids... Kids. Are wild. They're animals. They're, they're heathens. They're heathens. They're barbarians. Um. And and wait, just just wait. You you get not even wait till you have two of them. Wait till you get another kid around them. And I that's mean, the thing. I don't even have a kid yet, and I'm already I'm already freaking out about all the shit I know this kid's gonna get into. I'm a firm believer in if, if you're not freaked out, nervous, scared, or anything like that leading into becoming a parent for the first time, you're not. You're not ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's well, to be fair, we're I'm more nervous and worried and freaked out about other things with this, with my wife being pregnant. But I'm also also very terrified of what this child is going to do to me in my life. Oh, she's going to wrap you around her little finger, which she already has. I already know. And um, then she's going to stroke me the fuck out. Yes, probably. I'm going to croak at like 55. <laughs> like that but let me tell you something you know and, and i came into came into kind of a realization over the last week and a half and i kind of touched on this when we were playing last night mm-hmm. um I, I i uh i got onto a freight scale on on one of our docks just for the hell of it um and i know they're always off a little bit um but i'm pushing 300 pounds now oh like, let's not let's not go down this road because it doesn't end well for me either. <laughs> well, but I mean, I'm telling you this because, you know, I, I give a shit. And, you know, my, my daughter is almost three years old. She'll be three, yeah. a little over a month, month and a half. Um, almost, yeah. So but about a month and a half. And, you know, she's, she's almost three. And I've never been in, in terrible shape. I'd say right now is probably the worst shape I've ever, I've ever been in. And... I got on the scale and it said, uh, you know, it fluctuated between 298 and 299 and I'm pushing 300 pounds and it made me realize, you know, when, once, once we're, we're done with the wedding and we don't have that stress and, you know, once we're, you know, once we de-stress on our honeymoon and come back, I told, I told my fiance, my, my wife soon, um, 
I told her, I was like, you know, I need to, I'm not, I'm not looking to get a six pack and get jacked or anything like that, but I need to get back, get, get into better shape. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I need to, I need to do this. I need to, you know, it's, so I told her, I said, you know, I'm probably going to join a gym and I'm going to be working on a lot of cardio myself, but we also discussed it. And both of us agreed that next year we're going to quit smoking. Uh, uh, there you and, go. All right. And I told you, I, I was talking to you last night about this. You know, I, I want to start working on, and I've mentioned this to you uh, privately before. Um, I want to start working on getting, you know, my certifications to be an umpire and possibly even being be a referee and uh, for uh, football. I mean, I could I could also be an official for basketball. I played basketball my whole life, but um, but no, I want to start getting more involved, and especially considering my my son is gonna gonna start. He wants to get into sports. He wants to do these things. And, you know, I feel, you know, I'm not, I'm not the coaching type. I'm really not um, as much as I would love to. And I'll, if, if it comes down to it, I don't think I'd have a problem coaching, you know, my son's little league or, 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 you know, pop Warner team or, or whatever. To be uh, fair, that is kind of the limit for some people though. Like it's just, I'm going to coach my kid and that's going to be it. But the minute somebody else will step in and do it for you, you're like, all you do, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, I would really like to be involved. And obviously I wouldn't, I wouldn't umpire. They wouldn't let me umpire or, co- or referee my kids came. But, um, but the whole thing is, is like, I want to be involved, but I also want to, I want to be more active. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know me, I golf. Yeah. I, you know, I get out as much as I, as much as I can, but at the same time, you know, I do want to be more involved with sports and I do want to get back into better shape and stuff like that. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because Dan, I mean, not to, not to shine a spotlight on you, but you've mentioned to me uh, in a private way. And, and also you've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast that, you know, you're, you've gotten a little bit out of shape, bro. Oh yeah. And I'm telling you, if you can start doing something about it now, do it. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I have, we've been like, we've been, I told my wife a while ago that I was like, we need to do better. And I told her, I was like, listen, I was like, I I don't care what you do. Like I get that you're pregnant and you're going to have cravings and you're going to want to eat and stuff like that. I said, that's okay. Like, that's fine. You do you like, that's all. It's all right. But I need to start doing things the way that I used to do things. I need to eat a certain way. Like I know how to eat and what my body needs to adjust and how to lose weight. And I need to be active outside of work. Like, cause I mean, on a daily basis, the average, we, I walk like three and a half miles at work and like I've tracked it and it's, it's yeah, on average and it's, yeah, it's nice, but it's just walking, right? Like I need to do more. So, you know, i that's why I'm not really pushing getting a, a riding mower. I'm going to use a push mower because it's going to help me lose weight. You know, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not, I like the gym. I like being on my own in the gym. I don't like being around a lot of people. One, because I get distracted. Two, somebody's always on the shit that you want to use and you can't ever get to use it. And I like a routine. I like to stick to things and I'm like, all right, I plan it out. I'm going to do this, this, and this. This is the lifts that I'm going to do. I'm going to do cardio. I'm going to do all that shit. So it's easier for me to just, be on my own and do it, which I'm going to start doing now. So, but right now I don't have the space. Clearly you can see a picture of my garage. It's completely just trashed, but, um, I mowed the lawn. What's that? 
I said I wouldn't call it trashed. It's cluttered. No, it's just everything. Yeah, it's cluttered. I'm still cleaning it up. I got one half of it basically clean. Now I got to work on the other half. But like, it's that, and it's you know, I, like the other day I was out. I was outside splitting wood, and I was like, and I was fucking sweating through everything, and I loved it. It was a hundred degrees outside, but I fucking loved it. And like mowing the lawn, it's hard, but it's it's like my time of just like I know that I'm gonna feel better after doing this. Sometimes going for a walk, you know, like in the summertime, I don't do a lot of hikes because a it's hot as shit. Um, two, your boy don't like the heat, and three, mm, snakes, not a big fan of them. So I wait until the winter time, and then winter time, I'm going camping. I'm I'm going hiking. I'm going you know six mile hikes. I'm doing all that shit. So for me, it's a little backwards. Like people want to get in shape in the summertime. I like to kind of do that in the fall. But my problem is. I fall off the wagon quickly sometimes, especially when you have one of those days and you're like, damn, man, like double bacon cheeseburger with some cheese fries sounds amazing right now. But you are right. Oh, and um, no, I mean, you're right. Like, I, I know I need to. And it's been starting to, to weigh on me because I'm going to have a kid and I need to be able to be in the best shape that I can be in for my kid. I need to go take care of what I need to take care of at the doctor for my child. I need to be able to teach my kid how to, you know, throw a ball or shoot a basketball or teach them how to ride a bike. And I need to be able to do those things to show them, you know, and it's just, it, it, that's the other, that's stressful too, because it's like, damn, like, you know, like, I know, I know my body all fucked up and that's stressed out. Like I'm stressed out about that because it may be like, hey, you either need surgery or you just don't ever throw a ball again. And I'm like probably not going to get surgery because then I'm definitely never going to throw a ball again. Hmm? No. That's that's crap and you know it. You I, mean, I know it, it is. Uh, I mean, I'm a big guy, you know that. Um it is difficult for me to get off the floor. Which means, which means I keep myself from getting on the floor and playing with my kids as much as I'd like to. Um, let me tell you something. You have more medical problems as far because because of the sports and because of the coaching and because of all that stuff that you played throughout your adult years um, and kids and all your your you know your younger years. You have more things wrong with your body than I do. And yeah, I yeah, I have a lot. I got wear and tear from doing. Shit, man. I mean, honestly, my my first two jobs were working retail and everything after that has always been outside work, construction, farm work, the oil company, pool construction, you know, all that shit. It's all been just manual labor type stuff. But that's, but that's what I'm saying, man. You're going to regret it if you don't get this shit taken care of. I'm regretting I'm, it now. Do it. Just yeah. get. I mean, you have insurance. Yeah. Use it. When was the last yeah. time you you actually used your insurance? Um, other than the fertility clinic stuff, never. No, I, I take it back. Maybe maybe when I got my concussion when I was what was that like four years ago? I got a concussion, but that well, was because you. that's because I knocked myself out on the ice. <laughs> well, that'll happen. But let me ask you something. Um, when was the last time you paid on it? Every week. There you go. You pay every week to, for this insurance. Use it. And that goes for everybody out there. Anybody listening. You yeah. pay for it. Yes, your employee contributes or your employer contributes, whatever. They, 
Your employer knows that a healthier employee is a better, more productive employee. Okay, it's that simple. That and Dan, if you don't take care of yourself, and this is where I'm going to sound like your damn dad. If you don't take care of yourself, you will regret it by when your kid is five and wants to play around and wrestle around, and you can't do it because you no, can't. I believe it. Around. Yep, yep, yep. No, dude, I know you're right. Uh, that's I know you're right, and uh, I didn't come on here to get lectured. Goddamn, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I mean I I know that, and like my wife has quit telling me because she knows that I won't. I'm not like I hear her, and I'm like, all right, all right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. The last time I said I was gonna make a phone call to go to the doctors, that was like six weeks ago. And I think one of the it's not that it's not that I'm a I don't think it's that that like I'm afraid to go because I know like I already know all the things that are wrong. I think what it is is uh, well, what it is is me going and then having to take an extensive amount of time afterwards to and miss work and potentially not get paid for for like having those days and shit like that. And that's gonna bother me more because you kind of feel like you're letting people down. You get what I'm saying? Like you get hurt, you feel like you're letting your team down. That's how I always was when I got hurt playing sports was I'd, you know, I'd jack my knee up. I couldn't play. and I felt like I'd be letting people down, but that's more of like a, that's a, that's a me thing. You know what I mean? Well, I got to ask you something. How many hours do you think you're going to be able to put into work when you completely blow that shoulder out? Absolutely zero. Just check it. Just, just absolutely about. zero absolutely nope. zero i need to make i need to make an appointment i need to just go i need to take time and just just so six weeks ago how'd that how'd that call go which call the call that you that you were going to make to for to, to the doctor how, how did exactly. that call go which call yeah. that call that never happened yeah damn bro <laughs> i know i know i know i know and that's all I'm going to say. I mean, I'm not trying to lecture you. Well, yeah, I am trying to lecture you. No, but, you are. Well, but, but do you remember when I fell down? When I fell down the stair? Oh my God! I fell down. Quick story. Yeah. Um, my father, who does hardwood floors for a living, graciously, it, he did a great job. He did the hardwood floors in our new home. Did the stairs, and you would think that a man growing up would you dog? Sorry, my dog is. Um, you would think that growing up knowing that that you would not wear socks on freshly new hardware or hard floor hardwood floors well your boy decided to wear socks on the first friday that we moved into this house down the stairs slipped on the third stair busted my ass and back on those steps to the point where i actually could not get up for about 10 minutes and the it was purple and yellow and blue, and I th- thought possibly I broke my tailbone. Wasn't really sure. It was bad, and I I don't think you guys remember because I was playing Xbox with you guys that night, and I was like I'm sitting on a basically a pillow because my ass hurts. Like I broke my ass. I never went to the doctor to go get that checked out, and I probably should have, but I didn't because I'm a stubborn, stubborn person. Yeah. And that's, you know, and the, the stuff like that will catch up to you. And, and I'll be honest with you, if you had cracked your tailbone for whatever reason, there's not much they can do about that. Yeah. Um, it, it never really heals. Um, and, you you know, you, you mentioned something earlier, and I wanted to ask you a question about it. You said, you know, I know everything that's wrong with my body. 
Um, so where did you get your med- medical degree? Uh, um, from me university, obviously. Oh, okay. No, what I what I mean is like uh, I know I know that a I know that I'm overweight. I know that my knee is messed up. I know that well, my shoulder's been looked at once before, so I already know that cat- catastrophe. I know that I've had head injuries, and I'm sure that's gonna lead to shit. Like, I mean, I know that stuff. Now, the last time I've had like a full blown physical was probably five years ago when I started at work. Yeah. And I probably need to do that too. Probably do. Um, when did I'm this not... turn in? When did this turn into a shit on Dan cast? No, I just, I just <laughs> want. To... I was just about to say, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. No, at, I know, man. At the same time, I'm trying to tell you what to do. I know. Um, because but... I would, I do the same fucking shit to you. That's why. You. Yeah, you just don't do air, which, you know, I'm I'm starting to get a little concerned about maybe our next podcast. But uh, (laughs) wait, say that last. Hold on. Say that last part again. I said you just don't usually do it on air. And so which is causing me to get a little concerned about our next podcast. But um, (laughs) (laughs) but no, and this is the the only the only reason I say this, Dan, and, and I realize this is very cliche of me to say. But, you know, the only reason I'm telling you all this is because, you know, I give a shit. Uh, and, and I know, I know that that little one is going to have you wrapped around her little finger and she's going to want to, you know, she's going to want to see daddy be with daddy, play with daddy, play on daddy, um, you know, all the time. And I want you to be able to do that. I mean, I do it now with my daughter and not as much my son, because like I said, he's almost, he'll be, he's six and a half. Um, big boy. He's, he's kind of big. Um, we, I, I need to get down and wrestle around with him a little bit more and play with him a little bit more. But, you know, my daughter de- definitely, she's lighter, um, so <clears throat> easier to handle. She's a little smaller, but easier to eat across the living room. I do that exactly. I do, you know, I play with her quite a bit, and let me tell you something. It takes its toll because I am out of shape. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, the one thing, too, that I've noticed is now I haven't, you know, I've been away from sports for a little bit. So it sits in more. So, like, when I was playing, it bothered me. It didn't bother me as much because I was constantly just going, 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 right? Now that I haven't been playing sports at all, like, me picking up a ball to throw, I have to fucking stretch. Like, I have a – there's a whole routine that I need to go through to be able to get my arm, like, loose to throw. And But I think, you know, some of that is a lot like anything you do in life. It's not just, uh, you know, sports or, like, your body. You know, when you step away from something for such a long time and then try to come back to it, you're going to have growing pains, you know? Yes, that is yeah. a true statement. So the one thing – the one thing I wanted to ask you – before you know, we we got a couple minutes left. The one thing I wanted to ask you, and I wanted to I wanted to talk about was you having your weeks, and we've already discussed how nothing has really changed about your mindset on the job. Maybe it's just more so the mindset of some people that you work with, but the coach, the absolute the the whole mindset of your company hasn't really changed. Like you're happy where you are. That's where you want to be. With the weeks that you've had, because I know the last couple of weeks have been rough. You've got work. You've got you had things going on with your passport. You had things going on with the wedding. You have I'm sure there's a lot of things that are still maybe in the up in the air with the wedding. What are you doing when you come home to to battle that 
to make sure that you're not going crazy. And if you do go crazy or you have one of those moments of you, uh, maybe a self doubt or like anxiety and depression hits in, what are you doing to combat that? Um, so that's all we have for <laughs> how the tables have turned. <laughs> I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I you know, I, I, what was it a few weeks ago? I said I was going to try to do better, and you know, I, I haven't done better. Um, I, as soon as I, as soon as I get home, I go into, you know, husband dad mode, and um, I, I try to, try to do what I can to take care of, you know, things around the house. Well, not take care of my, my fiance is wonderful about that. She, she takes really good care of me. She takes really good care of the, the apartment. She takes really good care of the kids. But I always try to step in and, you know, and help out. And, you know, I, I cook quite a bit throughout the week and I, and, you know, I stop by, the, I go to the grocery store and, you know, I, I play with the kids and distract them. Um, I guess, you know, what I do more than anything else and um, is, I, I mean, I will play some video games after I get home to, to kind of decompress a little bit. Uh, if I have time, if the kids aren't being too unruly, um, I, I, I can honestly say I don't really do much when it comes to my mental health throughout the week. Um, really this, this podcast is, is a huge help for me. I, uh, I, I feel like I'm reaching out to people and I feel like, you know, I'm helping people or, or, you know, I feel like even just helping people just by making them laugh about the stupid crap that we say, you know, it's, but you know, when it comes to my own personal mental, mental health and, and all that stuff throughout the week, I don't do a whole lot. Um, I listen to music. That's definitely one thing, you know, when a lot of times on my drive home, I'll just, I'll, I'll plug into, you know, one of my headphones, uh, one of my wireless headphones, because I have the radio in my car and that's about it. Um, and you know, you can listen to the radio for so long until you start hearing the same five songs over and again. Yep. Um, I'll stick my headphones in and I'll just, I'll, I'll turn on some music and, and, you know, I listen to everything from, you know, the Eagles to Metallica, to Guns N' Roses, to, um, a lot of country. I mean, I have a ton of country and I mean, I'm talking anywhere from, you know, uh, George Jones to Florida, Georgia line. Um, cash to Combs. Exactly. Um, and, and Luke Combs is amazing, but, uh, I, I do. That does help me decompress, and I'm singing at the top of my lungs in in my car and with the windows up and nobody around. Um, but I would have to say that that's probably my biggest is that and the conversations I get to have with my dad. Uh, um, I, I generally try to talk to my dad once a week, and then also the conversations I have with my mom. I generally try to talk to my mom once a week as well. So, I mean, I guess I do a few things throughout the week, but for the most part, honestly, it's, it's my weekends that I try to, uh, I try to decompress from the week and, and I try to do the things that I need to do in order to, in order to relax, in order to basically deal with the week. Yeah. And I was kind of, I was kind of afraid that you would say that be knowing you, um, I think we need you and I both. You and I both. It's not just you. We need to. We need to do better, as not wait until a Saturday to try to take care of our mentals. And we do things during the week, and it helps. But sometimes it's not enough. 
And we need to make sure, especially you, because like I said, you got the kids, you got work, and this is for everybody, right? I'm speaking you, you is you, but you is also in general to do a better job of making sure that we take care of our mentals and doing little things that maybe help give us a break from life. When that could, it could be doing dishes, it could be vacuuming, it could be doing grocery run, it could be whatever it is that you do to take a break. We need to do better at taking time for ourselves because that's really the only way to help ourselves is to take those little moments for us and to combat whatever we got going on in our head. Um, I heard this, like I heard a song lyric the other day. It was called, uh, it was, it said something like I fought the, I fought the devil and lived to tell. And I was kind of thinking about that. And you and I both, like we say, we're, we're not mental professionals. We've just gone through, we just walked through the fire and walked out. And when you think about it, when you are at your lowest of your lows, you have fought the devil and you've lived to tell. And luckily you and I are here today to be able to tell that story. But for all of everybody else who are out there, who's, you know, struggling with that, it's really important. And it's easier said than done that you got to find something that you can do for yourself to alleviate some of the pressure off of your mentals and cannot stress enough how important that is because if you don't that will compound and compound over time to a point where when you do start taking care of yourself or doing little things to take care of yourself you have so much to dig through that you're just playing catch up at that point and you can't get ahead it is very hard to get ahead, and you're very right. I mean, we we all need to, and I and this, you know, just like just like you said, this isn't, you know, a we, me, and you. It's a we, you know, all of our listeners, all of our, I, I, and you know, even even the people that aren't listening to us, you know, I'm gonna channel them a little bit. Um, you know, we we all need to do better. I, um, you, you know, there's there's all kinds of statistics out there about, you know, men and us dealing with, with mental issues. And we just don't, we do, we don't whether, and you can, you, you know, you can try to blame this or that and stuff like that, but I feel like it's a combination of everything. You know, we, we're, we're trained to, to not be as emotional as, as women. And I'm not necessarily against that, but at the same time, I feel like we are, it's not the fact that we can't be as emotional as, as women. It's the fact that we need to be able to identify our emotions and, and deal with them. It's, you know, I have, I have no problem with, with, and this may be a controversial, you know, statement. I have no problem with the manly man. Um, no. Yeah. I really don't. I, I have no problem with it. I think it's a positive thing for, for us as a society. But we also need to understand that, you know, men are more likely to commit suicide. We we commit suicide more often than 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 women do. I'm not saying that women don't have the shit their shit to deal with, but but I'm talking about men here. Men are more often than are, are more likely to commit suicide. We're also more likely to have you know, these, these mental breaks, these mental problems, depression, anxiety, um, and not talk about them, not seek help. Um, statistically speaking, you know, men just, we don't identify our emotional well-being and our mental well-being as well as, as women do. And that's something we need to work on. And that's something I need to, and it is, you know, it's that you need to work on. It's something that, Every last one of us out there needs to work on. I have reached out. I've told you, I've, I've, 
I've said stuff about this dad's group that I'm part of on, on, on Facebook. And I've reached out to a couple of them, um, in, in the private messaging, um, for, for Facebook, I've reached out to more than one of them, you know, cause they've posted stuff that, you know, it concerned me a little bit. I, I, there was a, there was a post the other day about somebody that, that has, that, you know, was, was crying out for help. And I, and, you know, I sent him a message, you know, whether, whether or not you reply to me, you know, I, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, I wanted you to know that I heard you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that, that can, that can be, you know, you may never hear from that person again, but reach out. Who cares? What's the right. worst? Tell you to leave them, leave them alone. Okay. It don't cost nothing to reach out. Doesn't. And that includes us. Feel free to reach out. Mm-hmm. Feel free to say, hey, you know, I'm going through some shit with my wife or, or my ex-wife or, you know, my kids are, I mean, even if your kids are, my kids 22 and they, they don't know what to do with their lives and I want to help them, but I don't, you know, we, we're not medical professionals. We're not mental health professionals. We're not life coaches, but you know, we, we may have some insight into something that, you know, it, it's looking at it from a different angle, you know, and sometimes reaching out to, to a perfect stranger is the best thing because they have nothing invested in, in, into, into a decision. They have nothing invested into what you're going through because they don't know the sides. They don't know. They may just come out with some truth that, that you needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're right. Like a hundred percent. You're right. Um, you, like you said, we're, we're not professionals We're we're just people who care. That's all it is. We're just humans who care. And, you know, we don't we don't talk about it often, uh, or at least I mean I don't I don't talk about it often. We do sometimes about with me coaching. Um, look, I got I've got over like 13 years of coaching, and that is from young kids to college level players who have gone on and have played. You know, some guys are in the minors and stuff like that. You see a lot, and especially with athletes playing ball, there's pressures from all kinds of angles, and you deal with those you deal with those those kids and those ball players you gotta you deal with them differently and you see some shit and you hear some shit and they confide in you about the stuff that they're battling through whether it's something you know in their on their own like they're doing it to themselves not not they're doing it to themselves i mean like they're they're going through something on their own or they have parental pressures or they have you know school pressures or you know something like that and like you said, it, all you, all you got to do is let them know that you're there. It does not cost a dime to let somebody know that you're there. And Seth and I talked about this last week. Um, shout out to Seth. Thanks again for coming on last week, um, which was a little late, an hour and 14 minutes in, but appreciate it, bro. Um, we, we, we talked shortly about this last week was, I, like I said, it, change your mind. You're going to change your life change your life, you change your mind. You have to change your perspective first before and let life follow. And when life follows, everything else in your mind is going to start to change. But it's hard to do. And it's hard to just sit there and say, you need to do this and everything will be okay because it doesn't work that way. And if somebody doesn't want help, they're not going to get help. And you can't push somebody to get help that doesn't want help. Like you, it makes it worse. You, you, you give them, you give them the little nugget and you let them take the breadcrumb and you feed off of that. You t- take it a little piece at a time, a little piece at a time. People will open up when they're ready to. If you push people to open up and tell them, oh, you know, like, oh, don't kill yourself. Life is better with you in it. That doesn't help anybody. That doesn't help them. It makes my, maybe it makes you feel better because you, th- you think you're helping and it's nothing wrong with that. 
but sometimes we don't know how to help somebody. So you, you, the first thing you do is go, Oh, well, don't do that. You're loved. Well, yeah, like they might know that, but it might not be enough. They, they maybe need to deal with it on their own. So you just need to leave the breadcrumb out there and let them take it. And if they want to come back for more, they'll come back for more. And, you know, we talked to Seth and I talked about this the other day was, you know, we all you and I, we always say the, the, the mantra of this whole thing is it's it's OK to not be OK. But on top of that, you know, it's OK to not be OK, but it's not OK to stay there. You know, it's OK for you to battle some stuff and it's OK for you to not be OK. It's OK for you to think, you know, some it's the thoughts that you may have like that stuff is OK. Like when I say it's nor- like normal. Uh, it's normal for people who are battling with mental health. Like that's a normal thing that people that are bat- struggling with mental health have. You're you're not crazy for having crazy ideas or thoughts or like fuck. Like I don't want to be here anymore. That's a normal thought for people who deal with depression on a daily fucking basis. It's okay to not be okay. The problem we need to do is understand that it's not okay to stay there. And we need to do what we can to help one another to get past that. Because if we stay in that mindset that I'm stuck and I'm in this hole, we're not going to get past that. We're not going to get better. And that's this whole thing is that we're just, we're, we just, we're trying to help. We're trying to help each other. We're trying to help ourselves. We're trying to just let everybody know, like, you know, like we like Brady and I, like you said, man, we're here. Like we may not know you, but we we care about you. Like we love, we love you to an extent where we're here to help you. We're yeah. here to help ourselves. Yeah, and, you know, we're we're. I mean, I think you put it perfectly. We're humans that care about other people. We are just. We, I mean, we're we're not professionals. We are human, and we care about you. And that's and and that's just that's why we started doing this. We've we've mentioned this before. I've mentioned this before. You know, we don't make money on this, nor do I'm not even sure we ever want to. Mm-hmm. This, this is one of those things that we did this because we're passionate about it. Because we have experienced some of the darkest areas of life. Not the same as I mean, everybody experiences different things. We're not comparing our experiences to anybody, but we are sharing them. We are sharing them with you because you might be able to identify so uh, identify with something that we discuss. You know, there there's you know all this clickbait on 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 the internet right now, and I mean it has been for years. And I, I've I've run into this story. You know, there's it's a few different versions of this story, but basically it's a kid that was you know bullied mercilessly growing up, and at ten years old he's walking home and he's got his arm full of books, his his school books, every school book he has. And, you know, he was being bullied and pushed around and somebody knocked the books out of his hand. And, and there was a kid, you know, that lived in the in the neighborhood that, that saw this and came over and, you know, are you OK? And the kid was like, yeah, I mean, I, I and helped him and carried helped carry his books home. And, you know, the, this kid ended up being, you know, valedictorian and making a speech at his graduation. And and part of the speech was, you know, when I was 10 years old, I was going home. I had all my books because I didn't want my mom to have to clean out my locker after I killed myself. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's probably a false story and I have no, and, and, but it's also something people have experienced. It might be a false story, but it came from somewhere. Like exactly. it didn't just fucking materialize. It came from somewhere. They heard it from somebody. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, you know, that's all it takes is one, one act of goodwill sometimes. And I'm not saying that it may save somebody's life, but it may save somebody's day. It may mm-hmm. save hour. They may have they may be having a rough day. And you know, that that second that it took for you to 
take their 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 shopping basket in, uh, in the in the parking lot of the grocery store and say, "Hey, let me put that away for you." Mm-hmm. You know, you made that moment better, and let's try to do that as 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 a society, as our community, as a men in your life community. Let's try to do that. Try to try to be more positive. Try to try to help people out, even with the little things throughout the day, throughout the life, throughout your week. You know. That's why we do this. We don't do this just because we like to hear ourselves talk. I mean, I do like to hear myself talk, mm-hmm. but this isn't the reason that we're doing this. We want to make a positive impact, maybe not in the world, but in our world. And you and though and the people that are listening right now, you are part of our world. Reach out, you know, be a positive influence in the world. Be a positive influence. Do something nice for somebody tomorrow. Do something nice for somebody today. Mm-hmm. You know, that old that old saying is uh, iron sharpens iron, man sharpens man. And that that just goes in general. You know, man, you sh- you can sharpen each other by just being a human being, you know, and that's what we're doing here. You know, you and I you and I say some shit to one another that we couldn't get away probably saying to somebody else without them wanting to throw hands or something. You know what I mean? And there's probably times where you want to throw hands with me and. And that's just frustration. That might be frustration, but you know, we we say stuff to each other because you know, it's that's what you like. That's what happens in a brotherhood is that you you have to you have to say some shit so that man sharpens man, iron sharpens iron. That's how you get stronger, and that's what this that's what we're trying to do here is that we're just trying to just trying to help out. You know, we're just trying to sharpen everybody up, and that's that's all that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, I think place to, to end this episode you know yep. let's, let's try to be a positive influence in everybody's life not just you know not just the people you know not just the people that you that you know you care about be a positive influence period be a positive person it's a harder it's it's easier said than done it's a hard it's a hard road to take but let me tell you something and i've said this before and i will continue saying this for as long as we do this podcast i it it took a long time for me to change my mentality and when i did it was worth it mm-hmm hundred percent dude hundred percent so i'm well, i'm a little i tell you what man i'm a little <laughs> might be a little speechless right now that's my that might be the heaviest that we've gotten in a while and i kind of miss that i think it is you know we we've we've tried to uh we've tried to have these topics to that people might be able to identify with and and we changed it up a little bit today and 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 i feel like that we got a little deeper than than honestly we would have had we had we stayed on topic and this was and this is the whole point of it though is is this is the unapologetically human and that's what this is about is to get down to the shit that's uncomfortable to talk about and we need we will do a better job at doing that because that that's how that's how man sharpens man and we never want to be and we never want to get robotic with this we want nope. to continue human so yep. you know let, let's do that let's let, yep. let's be human I think, uh, like you said, I think it's a good. This is a good place to uh, to leave off. And um, you know, I'm a, instead of instead of our normal in the, our normal intro, which our outro, we'll do. Uh, you know, it, it it is okay to be okay, but let's not stay there. And remember that uh, iron sharpens iron, man sharpens man, and uh, let's just be humans. And uh, this is uh, men in your life, unapologetically human. I am Dan. I'm Brady. And everybody, I hope you have a blessed, blessed day. You ever ask a man how he's doing and he says, I'm all right. I'm here to tell you. 
is not alright. That man is battling demons that you cannot even possibly imagine. That man is struggling every single day to find a reason to keep going. And the reason we say we're alright is because as a man, nobody really fucking cares what you're going through. So why even bother to say it? 